Guys, and welcome back to Beyond, Beyond the, the Void. Void Horror Podcast. Almost threw you off. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> it's a new week, and we're here for episode 187 for Blood, Guts, and What the Fuck? Is that what you're calling them? Yes. <laughs> okay. I just like that. I don't know why. Blood, Guts, and What the Fuck? Well, it sounds cool when you use your DJ voice. Yes, this is Casey Kasem with the Top 40 Countdown. You have to do Ryan Seacrest, though, now. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't want to do that. (laughs) But today, guys, we're going to be talking about two films. uh, One that's a shot on video and one that is a regular film shot on film film. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going to be talking about Invasion of the Blood Farmers and Splatter Farm. But yeah, we're going to jump into that today for our blood, guts and what the fuck. There's plenty of that in both of these films if you combine them together. So, um, maybe. And maybe that's what we'll call our, like, if we do SOVs again, because I'm really kind of like in that mood to do shot on video films, like, or really? I should say movies, I guess, because uh-huh. it's video. You don't say film because film is film, but it's all films, right? Film. Movies, I, I film, guess. shot on video. So what is the digital ones? <laughs> well, what that's what I mean. That's digital. what I'm saying. Like- film is film. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck it. Anyway, so I'm in the mood to do shot on video stuff recently. And we do have some friends that actually do a podcast. So if you ever want to check them out, uh, it's Rebecca and Slade. They do. A, um, they have other two friends that do uh, SOBs who love SOVs. Sometimes they do interviews with some of the people in the industry who have done shot on video, like Tim Ritter and stuff. So if you ever want to check them out give them a give them a shot they're pretty fun so uh i want to try to make them proud on this one because they seem to be the uh the epitome of of shot on video since their entire podcast is directed towards that oh wow (laughs) so we'll we'll explain some of that in here blood uh the invasion of the blood farmers is not a shot on video film but it is in a lot of ways very similar to one (laughs) (laughs) Because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of professional anything really done with that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. I mean, there is, but... Um, not really. But these are some pretty fucking whacked out fucking films, guys. And uh, these are not for your amateur horror fans. But for those of you who are, perfectly okay. Let me show you the world of horror, that is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shining, shimmering, bloody... Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> but I'm really excited to talk about these films. I'm surprised Christina actually enjoyed some of this. Uh, it started some, out rough. I enjoyed one. Well, we won't say which. 
but we'll get into that. Uh, but uh, it's been a very tumultuous week. Uh, and I'm really just going to say this, not 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 necessarily talk about it, but just what has happened in the week that we're about to record this. We had, what is it, Donald Trump taking uh, action against Twitter and social media. We had a fucking tragic death by the hand of cops uh, or so it's being investigated. We got riots and protests all over the country. So hopefully this can be a little distraction for you guys to kind of, uh, you know, keep your mind off of all the crazy stuff because we still have the pandemic going on, too, which is neat. So essentially, we're having the end of the world. And uh, this and is just, we're hitting record heat yeah, warnings. Can't wait. Here. It's going to be an amazing summer. It's already mm-hmm. set. The fuse has been set for the end of the world. So let's get it on. <laughs> Light it up, motherfuckers. <laughs> Give me my whiskey <laughs> and a cigar. Anyway, how have you been doing, Christina? I'm fine. Yeah, you're doing pretty well in the end of the world times here. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Still got to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's an interesting week, but yeah, hopefully we can bring you guys some levity to the situation and 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 have some laughs and talk about some silly movies um, that uh, we found pretty interesting this week. So I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots. All right, guys, so we decided to pick one of the two movies that we watched. And uh, for this shot, this horror shot, if you will, is for the movie Splatter Farm by the Polonia brothers. And uh, there's a scene in which these two brothers who are twins, which is the Polonia brothers, and one of them gets drugged and fucked by a grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Or aunt. It was their aunt. Their aunt in the movie, I guess, but technically, yeah, it was a grandmother of one of the filmmakers. Right. So there's three three directors. But right. anyway, uh, <laughs> so we're calling this shot a Polonia tea. Polonia tea. Yeah, because she gives him tea and she's like, you'll never remember anything. And, I'm so lonely. And they get drugged. There's drugs in the, there's roofies in the tea. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-roofie the tea. Now, there's only two ingredients to this, but if you want to know how to make it, you can always go to our website, of course. But we added mango, pineapple, vodka. vodka. With tea Yay. and a little little something extra for you guys out there. And uh, before you take this shot, you say, I'm, I'm so lonely. lonely. Uh, oh, don't do that. It's gross. So is the shot. Oh. Whew. Why does that taste like cough medicine? Uh, you don't know, because I think. I so think if both of us are the... taking the shot, who's going to take advantage of who? <sighs> Shut the door before Murray Gibbs back in here. It's fucking gross. <laughs> Anyway, if you guys would like to find out what is in a Polonia tea, all you have to do is go to longlidthevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's That's it for horror horror shots. All right, guys. So uh, I think it's time that we jump into our blood, guts, and what the fuck of Invasion of the Blood Farmers from 1972 and Splatter Farm from 1987. Right now.
guys, so we're going to go ahead and chronological order of the movies that came out, and that is, of course, with the invasion of the Blood Farmers. So Christina did the work on that. Somewhere in upstate New York. Where? A secretive group of farmers. Farmers? Are harvesting human blood. Human blood? For a mysterious purpose. What purpose, might I ask? I don't know, (laughs) and I don't think we're ever going to know. Yeah, I think you might be right, Christina. (laughs) Yeah, I think so, too. (laughs) Tagline. They planted the living and harvested the dead, which doesn't make any sense. There was another tagline I saw, too. Yeah, or there, something. Was, there was three, but this is the one I liked. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this was directed by Ed Adloom. He only directed this movie, but he did write another movie called Shriek of the Mutilated. And produced it. Ed Adloom also wrote this movie, and so did Ed Colin Hearn, who he has seven writing credits, including a movie called Prime Evil and Lurkers. Mm-hmm. I remember Lurkers. It was like an apartment movie where these kids like are dead and like haunting the place. Oh. I have it on VHS, but it Do got you? fucked up. Yeah. Oh, well, he wrote it. Yeah. They have it on Vinegar Syndrome now, but. Mm-hmm. Now, all the stars in this movie, this is the only movie they've done. So I'm just going to kind of read through them really quick here. Okay. Yeah, sure. Dr. Roy Anderson was played by Norman Kelly. Jenny was Tana Hunter. Don Tucker was played by Bruce Diedrich. Creighton was played by Paul Jennings. Creighton. Creighton was played by Paul Jennings. <laughs> Egon was played by Jack Newbeck. I was having trouble with that name. I think it's like Egon, but they said, but it's spelled like Egon, yeah, like from the Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters, yeah. so we'll just use Egon. Yeah. The budget for this movie, about $24,000. Okay, sweet. And what did you think of this movie? <laughs> um, well, first of all, one does not simply watch Invasion of the Blood Farmers. You suffer through it. <laughs> you bleed for it mentally, like a fine bottle of the fruit of Menanon from the Sangroy Druids, or whatever the fuck they said in this movie. Whatever they made up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty bad, guys. Like, pure schlock grindhouse supposed exploitation, though it's PG. Th- PG? It's not even 13. Yeah, what the hell? There's no way to watch this and appreciate its craft, probably unless you admire these type of films or possibly live through the days, or maybe even were one of the people that worked on it. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be mean, I, I mean, the cast was paid in beer, so, and they still made this. Mm-hmm. It's pretty impressive. Right. It's really just a test of strength for the average viewer, I think. And I'm, uh, I would think I'm a pretty well seasoned uh, horror veteran, I guess, of these types of movies. And uh, it's, it's just schlock full of overacting, bad acting in general, just poor speaking. Like everyone is from another planet, guys, which is sort of intentional in some ways and sort of not and others just weird shit you know it's it's also kind of painfully complex and absurd to follow yeah like like i don't know the way they unravel it to you is just not good they sort of just you know shot for the moon and said well we'll figure it out later now action you know like one of those kind of movies essentially a cult of sangroid druids infects a town and starts farming the blood of the locals in hopes to find one true host to resurrect their evil sleeping beauty queen of 300 years. Is it aliens? Is it druids? I really don't fucking know. <laughs> That's the short version uh, that will pretty much save you about an hour and a half of your time. Uh, however, 
there is a tiny bit of charm here. I mean, you have to appreciate a group of guys getting together to make something as whacked out as this in a movie. You know, the same kind of charm you get from watching an elementary school play catch fire in the audience as well. (laughs) If you like that kind of thing, I guess. But I I think this is a true indie spirit of filmmaking in its most pure, unedited and... uh, you know, never pass through any filters of friends or anything, just kind of done on a whim, like who gives a fuck, fuck it kind of film. You know, I might be being a little tough for those who are probably fans of this. Maybe you caught it back in the day. And it, this was a PG film from 1972 that maybe some kids watched and were like, fuck, I got to see this because I couldn't watch all these other films because they were just too rated R or whatever it is. So maybe I'm being harsh. But for me, it was really hard to watch. Um, it has a few good shots in it. I will give it that. There were some pretty interesting shots, I thought, that they had. But also, it had a lot of bad shots, too. Like shots where they were just moving the camera up and down, literally, and not well uh, to save on film kind of shots. <laughs> I don't know. The The dialogue is like ancient sandpaper language on the ears one that you have to actively pay attention to because your attention will wander while watching this it's a you might want to like set up what's that thing in the clockwork orange where they have the ludovico (laughs) technique that's what it is where alex in the clockwork orange gets his eyes pried open so that he could watch all this destruction that's pretty much what it's like you'd have to do that um it's an obscure film that's probably better enjoyed with commentary and your friends, pizza, beer kind of thing. So if you are going to watch this, uh, I would say that that's probably the best way to go or a loaded double barrel shotgun so that you can finish the movie. But the Severn print is pretty damn amazing, though. It's clean, sharp, colorful, so much that it shows all the flaws of the blood that's just applied to pretty much everything. No real gore in sight, of course, as you'd probably expect from a PG film. Just copious amounts of blood and tubes running from everybody's orifices and <laughs> under their shirts and things to make it look real. It's weird. I wanted to laugh. And make fun of this thing the whole time as a sort of so bad it's good film, S big as we call it around here. And it's close, but it's just pretty much just a bad movie in general. Um, I'd give this a two out of 10 for a normal movie, but on a scale of so bad it's good, probably like a 3.5, four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which that's a more forgiving score. Like if you're, uh yeah, it's not very good for making fun of and laughing with. It's just kind of there. So overall, not so good. This is definitely not a fan for amateur horror film fans. Uh, You could probably show this to your kids and get away with it. Like, I guess. Um, If you want to torture them. Yeah, if you want to punish them for being or acting out and be and misbehaving. Dis- discipline. Yeah. <laughs> or scar them for life mentally. I don't know. <laughs> it's no offense to anyone who made it or enjoys it, but that's just how I feel. Some some movies are for others more than they are for me. I have no idea, you know, what the consensus is on this movie. I have no idea what other people think of it. I have no precursor to it. I've watched this late. Don't burn me at the stake, I guess. What about you, Christina? You wanna, how you want to die? You can burn me at the stake. I don't give a shit. This, <laughs> this movie was bad, and this wasn't a. It's so bad, it's good movie. No, it was just, it was just bad. And I think you're being a little too nice. It's watchable. I it's think, just not very. I don't think it is. Okay. <laughs> it's the worst movie I've watched for this podcast. <laughs> I, and it's like, and yeah, I, well, you haven't watched that many yet. Well, I know, but you just kind of started up. Yeah, I know, but anyway. 
I really had to think about one good thing I liked about this movie because I do. I try to find the good in everything, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't think of a goddamn thing. <laughs> and and oh. I mean, and again, usually there's one thing, whether it be the story or like the set design. There's nothing. There's just nothing. She's coming for you, Ed. There's nothing. She's coming for you, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what the. I don't even know what was going on. I felt like it started out as a zombie movie with the guy like wandering in the street. Like, like moaning with blood all over him, <laughs> which was fucking <laughs> Jim Carrey. It's a cool shot, but it's just really weird. Yeah, Jim Carrey, by the way. Yeah, not his the name, Jim Carrey. His, his name, name is Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey, but he acted. But the guy acted like Ace Ventura. Yeah, I know. We were like, so, we we're like Ace Ventura, blood detective. <laughs> but okay, so and then I thought they were trying to make the bad guys out to be aliens. But I don't even know if that was true because well, they never tra- even really said that they were aliens. But I found right. out in the in the making. Well, of- tell tell me later. And then it turns out it's like a satanic cult. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I have no idea what is going on. I don't even know what the fuck they needed the blood for. There was like some lady, and she was like laying down, and it was like this glass coffin or something, and they were like giving her blood, but yet they were farming the blood, but they weren't they like were, harvesting the people. And they were drinking some weird like oatmeal like yeah. stuff with the blood, yeah. but it didn't make any sense i'm like this isn't golden child where the blood's underneath the oatmeal this is just pure oatmeal they're drinking with water watery oatmeal yeah i don't i don't understand but it just seemed like they were trying to make something really extravagant right like some shoot for the moon like i said yeah and it was so simple but they made it so complicated that it ended up being stupid and unwatchable one out of ten she's upset guys one out one out of ten really yeah Huh. I did uh, not like that. I've seen worse bad. movies than this. Well, I know that, and I have too. But and this is going to be in that worst movie. Yeah, I field. was debating. I'm like, you know, I bought it, and I'm like, should I return it? No, you should return it. Now, you can't return it. Yes, you can. <laughs> you can't open a oh, movie and return is it. Is that because no one will take it back? I bet yeah. you no one will even buy it from you. You know, what? I'm going to keep it until it's worth like seven thousand dollars because no one, and then someone's going to be like, oh, I forgot about that movie. I'm going to watch it again. Oh, gee, I wonder why I forgot about it's that movie. Still, you know the story. Story of how this movie got made and the people behind it is probably one of the more interesting things about this movie. Well, just like Troll Two. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Actually, in Troll Two is pretty enjoyable. Oh well. In yeah. general. Well, yeah, that's true. But wow. That's, yeah. Wow. Do you want I, to apologize to anyone? No. Okay. It was a bad movie. It's from 1972. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they didn't go on to have successful careers with the film. Oh, you know. that's rough. Sorry. They did have successful careers, just well, not, they, in, the not in the industry. In the industry, and yeah. that's fine. I mean, at least they did it. I mean, that's cool. At least they did it. They tried. But anyway, I am really. I'm wondering about the trivia because I would like to know if there's more about this film. There is a lot of different stories that the director told that I, I really like him. He's like, he seems like a nice guy. Like there's some pretty interesting stuff behind the behind the story the of that. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Um. So yeah, guys. Um. This is probably a movie that you know is not going to be for everyone, including those who are deep horror fans. So it's it's a little surprising. I was not expecting it to be a slog of a movie to watch, you know, um, but it does look good. And uh, and I could see that if I would have watched this as a little kid, it would have been kind of fascinating in some regard. So wait, I did remember a good thing about this movie. What? It made me want to buy overalls. <laughs> OK, there you go. There you go. Wow. What a, what a kind thing of you to say <laughs> after so much hate. <laughs> 
Anyway, guys, we're going to go into the trivia and spoilers of this and then sort of break down the movie a little bit and what happened in it. Some of our moments just to kind of better understand what this movie is in case you don't want to watch it. If you have watched it and you kind of want to see how we react to it, that's probably a good time, too. So and if you want to skip ahead, you know, to the next movie, if you don't want this one spoiled, we got the timestamps down below. Here is your warning. So some of the trivia in this, it was shot in Yorktown Heights, New York, which I called from the get, just because yeah. of the accents, I think. Yeah. You could tell it was northern. I couldn't tell for sure. But I was like, it's got to be upstate New York, I think. Uh-huh. You know, So I don't know exactly where Yorktown Heights, New York is, but I'm pretty sure it's north. It's in there somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's kind of backwoodsy kind of <laughs> feeling. But the uh, director of this movie, Ed Adlam, uh, was in a band called the Castle Kings in the Bronx. He, uh, they did a song based off the movie Son of Frankenstein, actually. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, there's a scene in the movie where Bella Lugosi says, you can fix him, Frankenstein. And they wrote an entire song based off that line. Oh, that's cool. Really interesting story about that is that they were like, they had been together for a long time playing out. I think they did covers too in their own songs and stuff, but they, you know, amassed some equipment and they wanted to go down and record their album or record like an EP or a single of that Frankenstein song. And um, instead of you can fix him Frankenstein, they, they were saying, you can get him Frankenstein down the road as they were carrying all this equipment to kind of cheer them up and like practice a little bit. Mm-hmm. And some guy, some random guy just out of nowhere was like, hey, did you write that song or something, you know? And he was like, yeah, he's like, well, would you like to record that at my studio? I'm the one of the guys that works at Atlantic Records. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were like, what? <laughs> yeah, we're recorded for free. Are you kidding me? Yeah, let's do it. Um, we told him when to re- record that song off of them, but they had to change words because there was a lot of dirty lyrics apparently in it. Oh. So they changed it and they put it out and they were like really excited about it. And they put the single out and it sold 135 copies total. Oh, wow. That's it. That's <laughs> not that's good. Amazing. Not for Atlantic Records. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it was so bad that Atlantic ripped up the contract wow so <laughs> hey well, they you, shouldn't have changed the original song you only get one shot to not miss your opportunity <laughs> 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 but the director also ed adlam is also the creator of replay magazine which is still exists today oh wow he started it off with uh he was actually an editor for the pinball machine uh, in the back of another magazine. I forget what it was off the hand, offhand at the time. Uh-huh. Um, but this, he made a magazine for jukebox and, and games. So like pinball machines and jukeboxes. Mm-hmm. And he technically was the first magazine for video games. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. When Pong apparently hit the mainstream and was big, they were the first on the reporting of it and talking about it and everything like that, which blew that magazine up like crazy. Uh-huh. And they still do it today. And I think they do a lot of like arcade machines and like pinball machines, like news about that kind of stuff. So it's right. not a hugely popular. It is popular. It's the biggest magazine, I guess, for that kind of thing. But it's very niche, you know. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Actor Jack Newbeck, who was Aegon or Egon that we keep forgetting. What uh-huh. it, technically, they say Aegon in the movie, I'm pretty sure. But he said that, that making the film was very much just get up and do it. No reshoots on scenes. He said most every single scene, there was like 
on average, it was 1.5. So they may do a second one, you know, second retake of that scene because Uh it's so costly on film. Right. Which we'll make a point of when we talk about the next movie about shot on video. Okay. But so I guess I was right. They really didn't have many scenes. I mean, it's not that hard to tell because if you look at the acting, it's atrocious. Right. Um, It's pretty bad. No, nothing against anybody. Again, guys, if you love the movie, I'm glad that you enjoy it. Right. (laughs) Um, But he also said that it was made in three weekends. Uh So they shot it over the course of three weekends. So six days, probably. Six days shot. Six, six or nine days if you count Friday. I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy, right? That like is crazy on film. They were like, "Look, we got a fucking strict thing." They all got paid in beer and you know probably food and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting, but that's pretty much it. That's pretty much. It. I didn't listen to the 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 making of or the commentary behind the movie because I didn't want to watch it again. <laughs> the commentary <laughs> might have been more interesting. Well, it's hard to watch a movie back to back like that anyway, unless you really enjoy it. Right. Like, so I'm not going to do it a second time. Um, but yeah, now we can jump into some of our scenes of the movie. And uh, that was where you mentioned where the guy's walking down the street with blood all over him. <gasps> yeah, he's like, uh, like wobbling his head back and well, forth. I- blood spitting out of his wrists, I think. Well, what I don't get is um, if he had his blood drained, he wouldn't be walking around. Right. Well, that's what we thought at first, right? Right. Because we're like, they're farming their blood, but then we found out later on that there's some sort of agent that they put in them to make their blood duplicate itself. Right. Which which is a subplot to the whole movie. Right. But yeah, he walks into the bar, slams down, hits the floor hard as fuck, by the way. His head bounced. I watched that three times uh-huh. just to double check what I saw. <laughs> and I was like, dude, he hit his head on the ground like hard. Wow. <laughs> but that was, you know, there was no safety you know, whatever on that film, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe no permits, probably. You know what I mean? Like, they just shot it. There was a lot of different scenes in the movie, though, that involved just random people being drained of blood with tubes, which they, you know, just kept pumping blood out of them and them going, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Yeah, and then, like, a close-up shot for, like, a minute or two of the blood coming through the tube. Right. And I was like, do they think this is, like, creative? Like, I don't understand those, those shots. Yeah, well, actor Jack Newbeck said that they spent more money on the blood than they did anything else. <laughs> Figures. Yeah, because I think, I think back in the 70s, they didn't have, like, caro syrup. It right. was, like, it was paint. Right. It was straight and up. It looked, it looked like paint. Yeah, it was, like, straight up paint and shit. So, Water, like, watered down Can paint. you imagine putting it in your mouth, like Ugh. that guy who Ugh. came in the bar with that? Right. Ugh. Maybe it was, like, jelly or something. Like, cherry jelly. I don't know. So then there's like two other characters in this movie. There's this this girl and this guy who's a young pathologist. And the girl is just this daughter of uh, her father, who's also a pathologist, who her fiance works with. So these two pathologists are trying to figure out, you know, and they're researching Jim Carrey's blood, who is the guy who walked into the bar and fell and hit his head real hard. <laughs> they find out that this guy's blood has an outside agent, like I mentioned, that causes his blood to grow at an accelerated rate. So that's why he was exploding with blood. And I was wondering, because they were farming the blood, like you said, I'm like thinking like, what? This doesn't make any sense. It doesn't but make any sense. 
everything it seems to circle around the bar by the way like the bar is the place where all of the information of the movie gets spread yeah. like it is the conduit for which everybody talks like even the deputy of the police force <laughs> was, is living at the bar pretty much the entire movie and they kind of make jokes about it like you piece of shit you're supposed to be out solving like the mystery of like who's missing and why all these people are missing and you're here drunk with your hat backwards like an idiot <laughs> That's when we find out that these two strange guys, one being Aegon or Egon and some other guy who are kind of like slow. Like I, the only way I can compare it is to like bad taste. Like if you guys have seen Peter Jackson's bad taste and like all the minions, they're kind of like slow and hobble around. These guys do almost exactly the same thing. I almost feel like Peter Jackson was like, oh, that's a good idea. Let me make my own version of that. And it will be better. Because- yeah, because they are from space in bad taste. And uh-huh. these guys are from space, too, although they kind of cut some of that out of the movie. Yeah. Because it didn't work. Yeah. And rewrote it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they rewrote it in the middle of the filming. The that's damn. what I think so. Yeah, I think Jesus. that's what he said. No wonder it's so goddamn crazy. <laughs> Sorry. Plus, these pathologists that we're talking about, they have this lab. Everything's, like, homemade, you know, like... The lab is in the basement of this house, and it almost looks like they never really showed them walking down the stairs to this lab. So it almost looks like it's on a set like or no, it was in the corner of another house. Right. And even the front of the house, they used two different houses, but made it seem like the same house. Oh, on the back, you mean? Yeah, the back and then the front. And it was obviously like two different fucking houses. (laughs) I was so fucking confused. Well, then they have those two weird space alien dudes with farmer hats and shit walking around. One of them kind of breaks off to go to that lab and then gets chased off by a dog. The girl's dog, the the fiance's dog. And then he ends up luring the dog out and he kills the dog. With his cane. He has a magic cane, by the way. A magical cane. Yeah, it's like. Because he's Harry Potter. (laughs) Stupioso. Yeah, pretty much. It's funny, though, when the dog jumps up on him, they told a little bit of a story of how that happened. Like, what they did is they recorded the dog running through the woods in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then they made the other guy run in the same path that the dog ran so that it would make it look like the dog was chasing him. And then they used, like, the most ridiculous fake fur, like... It was like a shaggy carpet. Yeah, it's like rolled up carpet that's like attacking him like the dog. And you can see that the dog's just wanting to play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which is always something you see in old movies. It's the cutest dog ever. Like you couldn't even imagine this dog attacking anybody. It was pretty. It was like a white, pure white. um, Almost looked like an Akita mix or something. something. It was cute dog smiling. Anyway, but it was really funny. He kills that and then eats it. And there's this really cool cut where they have the fiance, the two that are getting married, the pathologist and his wife, his future wife kiss. And as they're kissing and pull away, you see him pulling his mouth away from the fur that he ate the dog, (laughs) which I thought was kind of a cool shot. You know what I mean? Um Then there's some random newlywed couple, which, by the way, the newlywed couple, the guy. Yeah. Is the director. Oh, really? He's the guy that gets killed in the shower. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Which I'm sure was probably a nod to Psycho, Psycho or something Always like is. that. Pretty pretty dumb deaths in this. They don't really show anything. Nothing. It's just blood in the mouth and the or face. Or they squirting the blood on the wall to right. make it look like, yeah, something happened. Didn't she love it? Like, they had nighttime, daytime shots going on at the same time. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Well, that happens a lot. I mean, when you because you you run out of time. Yeah, I know, but even the rain—you could tell the when it was raining. You could tell it was a fucking hose because it was only raining on like half of the shot. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> notice that. It was one of the scenes where the cop was standing in the phone booth, <laughs> and I'm like, "That's a fucking oh. hose." Yeah, and it's bright as fucking Arizona out there. Yeah, well, I mean, that happens. What are you gonna do? Well, you gotta, you gotta make the door. shot. You gotta either do the shot or what? Wait a week until it rains again. <laughs> Two weeks, three weeks, a month. You got to do what you got to do. Wait until it's dark outside. This is filmmaking. You got to yeah, do what you got to do. Light. I don't know. I don't. I'm nervous. I mean, they made it on 24K. So you're being a little harsh. They should have just saved their money. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> oh, that's mean, Christina. I know, I'm sorry. Anyway, we get introduced to Krayton. He's like this supposedly well-spoken leader of a cult, and he's hard to it's hard to tell because they all speak so terribly. <laughs> they talk about resurrecting the queen, as I've kind of already mentioned, or they fear the wrath of Satan. These are supposed to be otherworldly beings that came down to Earth and are druids of some sort, I guess, that created... They talk about it in the very beginning of the movie, how they created the yeah. Stonehenge and all this other shit, and that they've been on the planet for a long time trying to resurrect the queen or whatever by getting this blood, and they just so happened to stay in upstate New York. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they got there, but... They're looking for a person whose blood doesn't react to the fruit of Menanon, which is the agent that they use to create the blood, to have the blood like go crazy. So they need to find a host that or that that blood, I guess, I that that won't react to it. And that's when they resurrect the queen with that blood, supposedly. So the plot thickens. <laughs> Literally. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh they also have like these random black hooded dudes that look like fucking um, those guys that chop people's heads off in the olden days. The executioners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just random. Like you don't even know who they are. They're just randomly around like well, sticking needles in they, people. to they like had overalls on. So I thought it was Igor and whatever the fuck that other guy. I don't know. Was. Maybe it was maybe it was people that were already in the movie and they were like, well, we'll just put up a hood on them so they can't see their face. Mm, That's know. probably what it was. There's also another doctor who's kind of in with the druids or something like that. And he's kind of the liaison to the real world because I don't know if he's like one of the smarter ones or whatever, but he's like the the guy that talks to the other doctor who's like, it's like there's this subplot of the story of the, the, the pathologist trying to figure out how to, what this blood is all about. This other doctor who's working for the druids goes over there to, like, sort of steal his work to stop them from, like, trying to discover what's going on. But it's like it just makes no sense. There's, like, this key in the movie that they drop, that Aegon drops on the ground that they never explain why it's yeah, being used. Yeah, then it, it was supposed to do something with the blood. I'm yeah, like, they, why do you they need mix a it with key? the, they need the key to mix with the fruit of Menanon, which is that white, creamy oatmeal shit that they all drink and spit in the right. mouth of why the, didn't they make it the to queen. a fucking spoon because if you're going to mix something wouldn't it make more sense if it was a fucking spoon instead i think of they a were just key i think they were just trying to be weird <laughs> well it works it works there was this one scene that sh the cop shows up to kinski's kinski's for if you guys don't are having a hard time following along i'm sorry this movie is that confusing but Kinski is the guy who works for the Druids, who is the face, the liaison that I was talking about. A cop shows up to his house questioning. Finally, the the like the like sheriff shows up 
because the deputy's a piece of shit and hasn't done anything. But the sheriff shows up to Kinski's and he's like, just what kind of work is it that you do anyway? And he's like, at present, we are investigating the casual factors involved in the atomic breakdown of non-ferrous metal alloys when subjected to excessive bombardment for solar waves in the Omega group. I'm like, what? Right. (laughs) And the funny thing is, the cop says, oh, I think I understand. Sure you do, pal. Sure you do. That was the (laughs) best part of the movie. It really was. It is so sad. I laughed out loud pretty hard because I'm like... We rewounded it. Yeah, we rewounded it? We rewinded it. (laughs) (laughs) That shot's good to me. (laughs) Right. I think we've talked about this. Yeah, I mean, essentially what happens is is they find a way that a simple ammonia... What is it? Ammonia? Ammonia and iodine. And iodine mixed together can reverse the... The blood the whatever. Blood, the blood being... Thickening. Thic- no, not thickening. Or, I'm sorry, whatever. The blood being know. reproduced over and over again. Because it, it just stops. Like, if you were to collect a little bit of blood, put it in a vial, it would be overflowing the vial later on because it grows so right. fast. So anyway, the fiance, eventually she gets captured. So does the other doctor, the other pathologist who's just studying this. They capture him and use the girl's blood. The fiance's blood apparently is the best blood. That's the one that's going to wake up the queen from 300 years and, and start the whatever druid thing or whatever. So they have this really... It's like, okay, there's this entire buildup. I'm like literally waiting for the end because I'm like, this better be good, right? Like this end is going to be the shit, right? (laughs) Like it's going to be something so fucking bizarre that I'm just going to be like, what? No, it's a single shot of all these people standing around a woman who's in a clear box and they're all like waving their arms around and stuff and then she rises up out of it and then the other pathologist the younger fiance comes and saves them all by what did he do he stabs something he, he, had, the oh, he had the iodine and the whatever and yeah he started just stabbing people with the syringes i don't think he stabbed everyone i think he just stabbed the queen which oh, okay. then did all the other ones oh okay Right, like like she, they were like the hive mind oh, or something. Okay. Yeah. So when he put the solution in her, they all just died. And literally, one of them, for whatever reason, one of the guys that had the executioner black hood on with the eye holes, uh-huh. his head just catches fire for no fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> And his eyeballs just sitting there. And it's like very clearly fake. But I was like, okay, this is okay. I could get into this. Like this is, but it was terrible. Like that was the terrible. Oh, you didn't. Do you want me to explain the last shot? That pissed me off. Oh yeah. Go ahead. So the last shot is okay. The fiance, the boy, and the girl, the happy the, day yeah. shot, the happy day shot. Yeah. Comes there. Like he comes in the house. And she walks downstairs, and there's he's holding a fucking puppy. And then they're all like, oh! Well, you forgot to mention it. it. They were like upstairs, all happy, hunky-dory, life is wonderful. And then the doctor downstairs is like, come, Jason, or whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, you're never going to believe what I just found. Yeah. And was, then he has a puppy wrapped in a blanket. Yeah, and it's like, fuck? And then they're all like, oh, huh, life oh, is really I good. Fuck that movie. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Uh, it would have been funny if it popped. I would have been like, I love this movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that would have that been better. If the puppy popped, yeah. They just had blood all over him. And then it was like... <laughs> 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 Credits. 
and then I like how it was like the end, and then we're like, the, then the PG thing popped up, and I, we were like, that movie was fucking PG. Yeah, I was like, oh my what god, this fuck? was not worth the wait. <laughs> I was like, all of that, everything that I went through, all those emotions that I just <laughs> experienced, and nothing. It was just so, I don't know. It seems like, how's the best way to describe this? It seems like a very Christian horror movie. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like this is their attempt, like an, a, like a, no. like a, cause like we used to, when I was a kid, I used to go to church and everything like that. And they used to have like a haunted house every Halloween. And we would, we would, everybody would go through the haunted house. In fact, a lot of the kids would help make the haunted house so that they wouldn't be scared of it. Right. A hell house. Yeah. It was like a hell house only of back in the day where we didn't do crazy you didn't shit. You did do abortions. And- yeah. We did like, you know, put the spaghetti with the, the oil in the pan and oh, what is this? Oh, it's organs. And like, what is this? Grapes? Oh, it's eyeballs. Oh, they would blindfold you. Yeah. Different rooms of the church were like, right. you know, and, and like this seems like that attempt to me. You know, oh, because there was blood in those in those those yeah. haunted houses for yeah. me. So that's why I say that. Oh, OK, that makes so, sense. I don't know. I really think it's a miss. <laughs> but we do have another movie that maybe Christina will like a little bit more. Yes, please. Let's go. <laughs> what is that movie, Christina? Splatter Farm. From? 1987. All right. Let's go. Oh, OK. Two young twins are sent to spend time at their aunt's farm. What nobody knows is that the ant's handyman is a psycho serial killer who dismembers his victims and stores their bodies in the barn. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't find a tagline for this movie. I did. Oh, what was it? Oh, McDonald had a farm. (laughs) E-I-E-I. Ouch. (laughs) Shut up. I think so. Look, I'm not joking. You're not joking? You're right. Old McDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I. Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's a good tagline. Yeah, it's ridiculous is what it is. <laughs> All right, so this movie was directed, written, and starred John Polonia and Mark Polonia and Todd Michael Smith. Yep, main stars of the movie. Right. Mark Polonia, he's directed 57 movies, yeah, including Landshark from 2017, How to Slay a Vampire, Nightcrawlers, Terror House, Amityville Island. Channel 13, Amityville, Exorcism, Sharkenstein. And many, many more. It's right. fine. Oh, There's yeah. so many. I know, I know. I just Those are newer ones. The, There's way older ones that are big which ones, I'm gonna, too. I'm yeah. gonna, which John Polonia, who passed away in 2008 at the age of 39, he has directed 27 movies, including Feeders, uh, Forest, Primeval, and Peter Rottentail. Right, which is funny because we did that other movie. It was like Rotten Tail. Oh yeah, that was with a uh, yeah. It's just weird. Like like I I didn't realize that was them. Like uh-huh. there's a lot of movies that I haven't seen by them. By the way, guys. Like yeah, I'm not the best well versed person in the Polonia Brothers universe, but I do know a little bit about them. So some of these movies sound amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Todd Michael Smith. He. he- plays jeremy and he also directed and he also directed and he wrote very it. much a third wheel on, on like, this movie they were all three wheels working together in a tricycle essentially so it's all equal shared right he hasn't done anything since 2011 but he was involved in only nine films um including lethal nightmare mama and damien damien <laughs> it's all for you and uh, a movie called the writers Okay. Do you know what the budget to this movie was? No, but I can tell you they had about two 
VHS tapes left and uh, a lot of extras from all their other short films and things that they made with video. And they were like, fuck it, let's do a feature film. Oh, that's cool. So they they pretty much scraped everything together and did it by favors and shit like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's they just had an extra cup. Oh, it was, I think it was two gallons of uh, oh blood. blood and stuff. So they just put it together how they did it. And that's how you do it. And they did a really good job. Right. And before I get into my thoughts or her thoughts about this, um, I want to tell you guys just a little bit about Shot on Video and what it is. For those of you who don't know what that is, because we're getting to the point now where people don't even know what VHS tapes are. Right. You know what I mean? So um, Shot on Video for you guys out there that probably don't understand the terminology consumer video cameras hit the market and some people took to them to make their own movies because it was cheaper it kind of came out in the early 80s from like 82 to 95 ish um and we're talking like videotape cassettes that you would put in on a cheap consumer level and be able to edit it my father was one of those people that had a camera back then um because he was a videographer and he shot weddings and shit like that so Mm -hmm. i I thought i was like fortunate to have that but and we did make some videos and stuff nothing is nearly as good as this Uh um but i wasn't that i was younger than they were so they're a little bit older than i am just a little bit Uh uh-huh um, some of these movies were small, some of them were big, but they were all shot on video and oftentimes pretty schlocky efforts with a lot of heart. It was a hell of a lot cheaper, like I mentioned, than film because like you could shoot for three minutes of film and pay for an entire movie with the, with, you know, VHS, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, how do you edit on a video you would take two vcrs and then you would have a middle board like an editing board (gasps) oh and you would have tvs on both sides they would they would tape segments from piece to piece right you know and edit it that way and it was not easy i'll get into that in the um into the trivia and stuff okay but it was cheap it was very cheap so you could you know kind of have your vision and be made and seen and do things that you wouldn't be able to see too because there's so many different forms of shot on video and there's like a huge wide history across the entire globe that involved you know some doing it as a form of protest against their country because they wouldn't allow them to watch certain movies uh, to just you know breaking the social norms or just being creative Mm -hmm. you know it's any in any case it became a way for many to push the boundaries of cinema, especially horror, on super little money and pretty much terrible acting. <laughs> because these aren't professionals, you know what I mean? They became right. professional. They learned as they went and got better and better. And there are many of these movies that were directed, acted, produced, edited, and everything by the same people. So, like, many times the director would be a star in the film. Like, right. Like this film. Right. Um, but it became super popular for anyone within a reach of a camera, be it their parents um, or their own, you know. To me, these films are kind of like the very essence of creativity. And there was no one to tell you what you can and can't do. It was like, can I do it? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it even crazier than I've ever seen before. The best way that I possibly can. Some of it was really depraved, crazy, fucked up shit that like you would find on the v- on the store shelf. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they just started distributing these all over the place. Like some companies right. were like made their start on these kind of films these these movies and these were movies that never hit the theater of course because they're made on video cassette 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could probably transfer it and put a bump on the screen, but uh, and a lot of the directors that worked on these types of films are still working in films today. They might not be like in the mainstream or anything like that, but they're still making some films. Some went into filmmaking and actually directing film instead of shot on video and stuff. You know, um, I just I did I have a lot of admiration for this type of uh, shot on video because it was like when movies were coming out for the consumer. And we were able to watch things that, you know, we didn't really get to see because it's not we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have any of that. We had these fucking crazy ass fucking movies for me. So and some of the few directors that uh, just to scratch the surface that you might have heard of, even if you don't know that what shot on video is, you got Andreas Schnoss, Tim Ritter, the Polonia brothers, Christopher Lewis, John Wintergate, John McBride, Nathan Schiff, Douglas McGowan, Olaf Eatenbach. David Pryor, Robert Schott, Chester Norville Turner, and way more than I'm willing to uh, tell you any more of. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's definitely not for everyone. So if you're not new to this whole thing and you haven't seen this shot on video stuff before, I know a lot of you that listen are big fans of horror. So I just wanted to make sure I include people who may not know what that is. So if you have uh, just a kind of inkling interest in horror, these may not be for you, but I think I encourage you to check them out to see what they're like because mm-hmm. there's a lot of films that are super creative and I think while it's an acquired taste you can still appreciate it regardless especially if you're a gore hound so mm-hmm. but what did you think about Splatter Farm oh, Christina? Oh I thought this was super creative I was I don't know I get confused because we we watched the uh invasion of the blood, blood farmers, farmers yeah. and then we watched this so I'm like is it just because I I <laughs> I hated that first movie so much that this was just like a shocker to me. Right. And this isn't your first um, shot on video film, right? You've seen others, right? Oh, yeah. I've seen others. Honestly, I don't prefer them. I'm not. I don't go seeking this stuff because I'm more of a. Uh, I'm a big movie person. Yeah, I, but you like a lot of B movies. Yeah, I like some of them, but a lot of them are really bad. But it, it depends because some of them are so bad it's good. And but this one, it was it wasn't so bad it's good. It was good. Yeah, you liked you know, it. Yeah, it was enjoyable. I, I did. It started off really strong. Um, it was. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was this murderous guy, and he he took a severed hand and he put it down his pants to jerk off with the severed hand, and that, <laughs> that was just like, yep, this is gonna be a good movie. Yeah, it's already better than Blood uh, Farmers, whoever. <laughs> but I I thought it was shot really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, these were fucking kids. Yeah, like they were like sixteen year old kids. They were about. Um, 1819. They had just gotten out of high school. It didn't get distributed until 87. So they had made it a year and a half before that. So. Right. But there, there was good shots. There was good transitions. I mean, the acting was okay. The guy who played Jeremy Todd, he did a really good job. I believed he was like a creepy serial killer. Yeah. He never broke character kind of thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was obviously low budget. Um, it was it was just really impressive um what'd you think of the gore and stuff it was fine it wasn't like over the top or anything it was just kind of average right low budget gore right but it was still cool to see something right oh yeah compared to the other movie yeah (laughs) i mean i thought it was cool gore i don't know i mean it wasn't like great gore but for for a bunch of kids doing it you know right 
and the story was good. I mean, it was kind of predictable. Like, you kind of knew where it was going, but you didn't think it would go there, and it kind of went there. Yeah. So I, I really I really enjoyed their their story and how they incorporated the tw- like the twins, <laughs> them as twins in there, too. Oh, boy, like, the story they, goes there, too, man. Yeah, it really does. And <laughs> I just kind of mentioned, I love how they, especially since there's twins in the movie, they kept them in the same outfits the entire time. Right. So that way you could tell them apart. Right. And I think they intentionally did that. I and think I you're ap- right, too. I appreciate, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, because it was like over the course of like a week or something in yeah. the movie. Yeah. And they're wearing the same thing the whole Niag- fucking time. A Niagara Falls tea or yeah. T-ball shirt or whatever it's called. And then, yeah. and then like a flannel and a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. total. It was funny. <laughs> but I did. I gave, I enjoyed this film. I'll probably watch it again. I gave it a six out of ten. Okay. I thought it was good. All I'm right. glad we we own it. Yeah. Speaking of. Oh yeah. Speaking of. Now, I just to give you a heads up, I've never seen this movie before. It was actually suggested to me by Mike, who was a host of this show when we first started about four years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, he kept telling me, he was like, oh, have you seen that movie Splatter Farm? And he would like tell me all these different scenes about it. And while I had heard of it, I had never seen it. So I didn't know what he was talking about. And he kind of like was just really into it. And so he was like, we could, I would really like to do that sometime. And I was like, yeah, man, I don't have a copy though. So uh quick story on that, by the way, which is really crazy coincidence, by the way, guys, like this is really weird. <laughs> Four years ago, almost at the time I was working in doing like storage units where you basically bid on them, where people leave their shit delinquent. And for whatever reason, whether they're dead and they don't have it anymore, they don't pay it anymore or they're like some people will pay a year ahead for their storage units and then forget about it and then just never come back to get it some people die who knows mm-hmm. um, but we would buy those units on a they do it as an auction and you don't know what's inside of there you just kind of get a glance in the fucking storage unit of the boxes and everything that's laying about and we bought this one unit and it was around two weeks after mike and mike had been telling me this for weeks and it was around two weeks after we had talked about that that this one unit had this small igloo cooler where you can like probably fit a six pack of soda in there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like yeah. the soda cans. Yeah. And I opened it up and it, and I saw a DVD in there and it was splatter farm. And I was like, what the that, fuck? That is the manifestation shit. Dude. I w- like the only movie in there in the entire unit, by the way, was that. Yeah. And it was in an igloo, like, sealed up. It was calling you. Like, it was in some fucking time capsule or something that I fucking dug up, and some kindergarten school kids, <laughs> like, buried it out there with their teacher, <laughs> and I found it. You know what I mean? Like, what are the odds that that niche movie, right. that literally very, very few people even understand, know, know, or even like, for that matter, right. was in there? It just It's just so... It's the secret. It's weird, dude. (laughs) Like, and guys, ever since I've started this podcast, we've had a lot of coincidences like that. I won't go over any of them, but I'm just saying we've had so many coincidences. When you have that many, it's called synchronicity. It means you're on the path to something good or bad. So hopefully it's the good one. Oh, hopefully. So we're going to get rich, guys. Thanks for all your help. Bye. I'm just kidding. I wish. (laughs) I wish, too. I wish I could get paid to have fun. Yeah, hell yeah. Anyway, so out of all the movies in the world, this showed up. After watching that last movie, Invasion of the Body, 
uh, the blood farmers. I keep saying body. <laughs> right. Holy shit. Was this so much better? <laughs> and it was done for a fraction of the money. Like than the other one was like by some really young kids too. You know, right. like it's really impressive. I'd say that this is a pretty, pretty decent shot on video film too. I've seen quite a few. Uh, it's not the best one I've ever seen, but it's the most impressive in, in what they had, how young they were, what they did with it. And the version we watched was the cult version or whatever, the like cult, cl- cult classic version, yeah. which is where they, the 20 in 2006, the, the camp motion pictures did a DVD version of this that the, the Polonia brothers re-edited and chopped it up uh, to make it for themselves and did it so it was much more watchable because like it, it was like it's VHS quality obviously so you're gonna see you don't really need to buy these movies on fucking Blu-ray in my opinion they didn't like re-digitize it or whatever remaster right. it yeah they rem- they remastered it they they put music behind it they like did all kinds of cool stuff put sound effects on it so it is a little bit more enjoyable to watch uh-huh um but yeah i thought you know it's 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 totally made by kids in a way because you can see some of the humor and some of the fucking oh, totally like you know that sticking teenage sti- humor yeah sticking a severed hand in your pants to jerk yourself off is totally something i would have done at 18 years old you know what i mean like yeah, you totally would do it now just to get away with doing it and just putting it on a film or a movie mm-hmm. <laughs> you uh-huh. know what i mean there's a lot of really like obligatory shit in the movie and uh it's actually pretty well put together though if you if you think about it mm-hmm. like it's not you know a mainstream movie nor would it ever be but if your friends made a movie like this you'd be like dude that was cool right like what the fuck <laughs> and so and and one of the things i really like about this movie is listening to the polonia brothers talk about themselves uh-huh like their shit is fucking hilarious. Like listening to them make fun of themselves in like the most <laughs> deadpan fucking Pennsylvania like tone is so funny, man. Yeah. Like I have family from Pennsylvania and I thought that they might have been from like New York. Uh-huh. But then I was like, the way they said things, I was like, God, that sounds like Pennsylvania, man. Uh-huh. Like the way they sometimes they'll say things in a form of a question. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know how that slang sounds. It's just that was one of my favorite things about this this movie owning this movie too and it makes me want to watch more of their movies there is gore there is blood there is some scenes with like really sexual suggestive things with older people (laughs) grabbing handfuls of cock dust and like (laughs) just ridiculousness like you think of it and they did it you know what i mean and they didn't give a fuck like although there is some parts in the movie that one of the brothers was like oh well, this is too far guys <laughs> and the other one was like nah man me and todd were like and they could, <laughs> it's really funny to hear them talk about that scene too and we'll, we'll get into that in a little while so uh-huh. but yeah for shot on video uh movies this is a this is definitely a six 6.5 for me as well right and i think it's it's really creative it is considered to be one of their top five movies that they've ever made apparently mm-hmm. it's the one that basically started their career as well uh-huh. and uh i don't know if that this movie doesn't inspire you and make you want to go out and make a movie you're you're probably dead right <laughs> like I, I don't know i want to hear more about like the trivia and stuff because i know that this was it it's like their most popular movie but it it's not the movie that wasn't it another movie or something that got 
the yeah there's a story behind how this got distribution and i'll get into right. that yeah right. but i don't know for for if you've never seen shot on video i highly encourage you to watch it it's really hard to find online guys so i i know that that's a really difficult thing and there's like i think the copy that they have on amazon is like 30 40 dollars oh wow because camp motion pictures which does a lot of these 80s retro sort of like shot on video films mm-hmm. is not cheap anymore because that i don't think they're in business anymore anymore oh you should sell your copy hell no <laughs> i am never selling that um in fact i want to collect more and more of all the shot on video films that i enjoy there's some bad ones out there guys you know just because they're you know it's a it's a fine cheese that only certain people like and it's very niche there's still a layer of cheese of that that is bad (laughs) (laughs) but uh like i have the burning moon i have like tim ritter's fucking killing spree which i really want to watch i think you'll like that one as well it's a it's a little bit more higher budget kind of uh shot on video film Uh but there's so many i don't know i just i encourage you guys to check out um this movie in particular and maybe it'll open up the doors to watch more um polonia brothers movies like it did for me so but we do have trivia and christina's eager to hear about that yes because <laughs> you you got to watch all the commentaries and stuff i didn't yeah she kept listening in while i was doing it i was like get away you're not supposed to listen <laughs> to this you're supposed to react to it when you hear it and she kept turning and she had to leave the room <laughs> um so this is technically their first commercial release Oh, really? Yeah, and they oh, shot okay. in Wellsboro, Pennsylvania for this film. Oh, you're right. And um, the movie was originally going to be called The Degenerates before they, you know, fully realized what the story was going to be because they, they were writing it some days, like, on the spot because they had to, like, stay at this house, that farm that they were at. Right. Was their, was Todd's grandma's house. Oh, okay. So it's technically her house. She fed them every night. They would go there every day and then she would feed them every night and then they would go home. Sometimes they would live there, you know, for weeks on end, you know, Uh during the summer or something. It said that it took them about two and a half months to film that. Oh, wow. Which they remarked on how, you know, this was not even their first feature attempt. Right. It was like their third technically. Right. That they tried to film. They did like hallucinations and like some other one. I forget what it was called. Uh, their very first one was something else. But they just, this was the movie that they, they, they had no money with. And they were like, well, let's make a feature. We got to do something to try to make some money. And they tried to get distribution for it mm-hmm. um, fresh out of high school. Uh, but they said that today it would normally take them just a matter of days to make that film. Oh, wow. <laughs> but back then they were oh. still fresh and green and new. Unexperienced. Right. Yeah. They were learning. They learned a lot on this movie. Uh-huh. You know, they, they learned a whole lot. And they were like, it's surprising because it actually is kind of a, a real story. Unlike our earlier stuff, which is just all over the place. Uh-huh. He's like, and one of them was like, oh, it's episodic in a way. Like Uh the way that it was shot, it was episodic because they used a lot of footage from other stuff that they had worked on and put it in Uh, uh to try to reach that runtime of Uh a regular movie, like a full movie. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Because this was only an hour and 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. It's it's not that long at all. But no. they, they had a lot of filler in there that they cut out of this version, actually. Mm-hmm. I kind of figured. That was in the original rough cut that was distributed. Right. Because 
the version we watched, which I said before, is the cult classic edition, which they were able to layer in the music, sound effects, title screens, you know, um, 20 years later, you know. So if you can imagine before they used like paper titles and like, right, you know, no, no cool, fancy graphic changes to the video or anything like that. And they said that it was like very kind of felt like a documentary. Like you were just watching these idiots, kids (laughs) like doing dumb shit. And so they they weren't able to add sound effects because of the equipment that they had at the time was just like two machines. Like they said that the editing was really hard and very frustrating. Mm -hmm. One of the brothers directed the like filmed it and edited it. Uh And he said he smoked like three packs a day trying to edit that movie because (laughs) what would happen is is they would have a scene and they would record it over to the tape right Uh uh-huh it sometimes would be four seconds short or late so if you had a scene that ended like on a guy's clap and he went to send it to the other tape to add another segment to that end cap where he claps. Sometimes uh-huh. it would be two seconds before the clap or four oh. seconds even in the worst case scenario or four seconds after. So he had, if he had to go back and redo it, sometimes he'd have to go back like two, three scenes. Yeah. And you would think, oh, two seconds, no big deal. But for something That's like a that, it's a, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. So, but he said you were really lucky if you got it in the middle. It was like really frustrating. So, wow. There was a scene before that they had in this that I kind of like. They showed it in the in the making of um, where they had one of them puking up their organs and he was just pulling it out of his mouth the whole time. And uh, they cut it out because it was never intended to be in the film. But they oh. just did it for the runtime thing again. Uh-huh. So the version we watched, they cut it out of for the sake of. Yeah. Yeah. It probably did make sense anyway. Right. At the time, they were worried about getting distribution. They put fake right. names in the people who worked on the film <laughs> when nice. really it was just the three, the three of, them. of them. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, maybe this will make it more prestigious and not such a not a film. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny them talking about that. But anyway, as I mentioned, they couldn't get distribution. Like nobody wanted it. One person, one lady at a company was like, this is garbage. Wow. Like she was like, He's like, what do you mean? It's not garbage. He's like, it's no worse than anything you're putting out. Uh huh. And she was like, well, it's not any better either. (laughs) (laughs) So they like, you know, after sending it to all these different companies to try to get distribution and stuff, they sent them a rough cut, you know. Well, I guess we'll just work on another fucking project. And so they started this other movie called Lethal Nightmare, which is the full length version of the movie called or their hallucinations movie that they started oh okay um about this kid losing his mind and like meeting death and like being chased by death and all this other crazy shit which is pretty cool but he sent it out that out to them as well and this this company hit him up um, after making lethal nightmare and said hey we might be interested in putting it out but we also have another film that you sent to us like a year ago called splatter farm and that we're really interested in putting out immediately And they were like, really? You got that? And it took you to now to see that? Like, what the fuck? So he was like, but that's just a rough cut. Let's send you the the full version, you know? Uh And they were really insistent on, no, 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 no. This is perfect. This is fine. Uh We'll put it out. They made a cover for it on VHS. They were like, do you have any pictures of anything of you making the movie and stuff? And he's like, yeah, we have some. And they were, you know, obligatory pictures of some of the cast and stuff leaning over and dead and shit. Uh And then he just gave it to him and put it out. 
And, <laughs> and that was their first release on distribution. Uh-huh. And they were like, look, guys, you may think this is garbage to you and you may not like it or you may appreciate it in some regards, but think, well, this is pretty much shit. He's like, but we got distribution on it. So <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you can't take that away from us. Like, it's not right. easy to get distribution. Right. Especially, especially back night, then. Yeah, yeah. So... I don't know. I just thought that's really admirable. And, and, and if you guys can get a chance to get this movie on DVD, uh, I'm sure there might be purists out there that probably prefer the original version, the non, the like rough cut. Right, right. Um, just because it has those extra scenes in there. And I totally make sense to me. I would yeah. probably want to get a copy myself. Yeah, someday. Um, like on VHS or something. You know what I mean? But this is a good, this is a good version, um, specifically for the, the commentary. Yeah. Uh, on top of it. And it's a little easier to watch. So it's the retro 80s camp motion pictures um, version that you can pick up. And I think you can get it on Amazon right now. So. Oh, that's cool. Something to think about. I don't know. I don't know where to find it. I'm sorry, guys. I just don't know. But we do have some scenes that we're going to talk about to wrap up this fucking crazy story um, that they are going to tell and just kind of reminisce about it and talk about some of our favorite scenes and things. So, um, I mean, immediately we we see Jeremy, the the kid who is living with his aunt, their aunt, those kids aunt. Yeah, the handyman. The handyman. Yeah. And he is living there at their house. But. Really, you find out who he really is by the end of the movie, which is a fucking mind fuck. So we'll jump into that then. Uh-huh. But Jeremy, this random guy, is just chopping up parts of a woman's face, hacks up every part of her body over and over again. And then, like you mentioned, sticks the hand inside of his pants to jerk himself off. <laughs> and, and then one of the fucking one of the fucking kids like wakes up one of the brothers. Uh huh. Um, some of that footage, by the way, in the very beginning where he's drinking and smoking. Yeah. It's from another movie that they oh, used. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So it's just random. Like he was like in a hammock drinking and then it would like cut to him sitting on the couch pulling the, the drink away. And then when he would take a drink again, it would cut to another scene of him <laughs> drinking in the tub and then putting it down. So every time it touched his lips, they did they an edit. It. Yeah. Which is cool. I yeah, that is cool. I didn't notice it when I watched it. Uh-huh. But it was it's actually pretty cool. And uh-huh. that's probably why they kept it in. Right. He also cuts out like a heart of another body. Like he stabs it and then eats it. It's like pulsating, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. They used that scene a couple times. Did they? Yeah, they used it again towards the end. Huh. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I did. Because hmm. even him uh, getting the knife and yeah, they used it like twice. Really? Okay. I wonder, like part of me wonders, like, and I didn't look, I tried to look this up a little bit. Did, did, did anybody make sh- uh, shot on video on beta? I'm sure there had to be. Right. So if any of you guys are listening and know, especially SOBs with SO, who love SOBs, <laughs> let me know because I'm curious because I, beta was such a big deal to me when I was a little kid, man. Mm-hmm. Like that was the first format that we had, mm-hmm. you know, before VHS. And my dad had a beta video camera as well. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. So anyway. The twins, uh, they're driving to the aunt's house. Mm-hmm. They end up at the aunt's house and they meet the handyman. They meet Jeremy. Right. And then there was a scene... Which he's being just weird to them the whole time. Well, he's socially awkward. Right. Obviously. But they pan over to the horses. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. It was weird. That was a weird scene because they pan over the horses. He's got a hammer in his hand. Yeah. And then he goes after the horses with the hammer. And then he's like hammering 
the uh, horse's head to death and, you know, blood squirt skirting anywhere. Squirting everywhere. They don't show the the horse's head or the pony's head. They just show oh, no. him swinging down at something and then blood splashing up against the barn. Yeah. And then the next day, one of the twins ask, hey, where did those horses go? And the aunt's like, oh, I guess the owners came and got him. Like, okay, what's going on? Is she covering for Jeremy? Like, what's going on? Right. Well, there's a weird story at the time that they were shooting that. There was a couple of different things that they were working on, apparently, and Todd had made this, like, really cool-looking cemetery near where the ponies were, actually, with, like, stones made out of styrofoam. Uh-huh. Apparently, those horses got out of the barbed wire fences that night and ate all the styrofoam. <laughs> so he killed them? No, no, no. <laughs> no. But they, so, so, so when they shot this scene, they came back the next day in the morning. They were like, oh shit, they ate, they got out of the fucking fence and they ate all the fucking styrofoam. He was like, dude, we gotta, sh- we gotta film these horse, this horse scene right away because they might die. Oh. He's like, yeah. I don't know what it's like if horses eat all that styrofoam, if it'll uh-huh. kill them or not. And like, he said that later the, the, he asked, um, aunt Lacey or whatever the 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 grandma what happened uh-huh. to the horses and they were like oh i don't know the ho- the owner took them away or something i guess uh-huh and uh he was like you know we never did find out whatever happened if it killed the horses <laughs> or not he's like i don't even know if i want to know like i would feel so terrible you know <laughs> so i thought that that's was really a, funny that's a funny story yeah <laughs> I thought it was funny, man. Like they inadvertently killed the horses. You know what I mean? Like, um, there was a scene um, before all of that, though, where the brothers were talking in the car, and he was like talking about how Aunt Lacey has the hots for him. So it kind of sets up the the premise of like her trying to hit on him oh, yeah. throughout the movie, which she does. Right. And imagine this, guys. This is the the friends of their grandson getting their leg rubbed by an old woman who's saying all this weird shit hitting on fucking kids. You know what I mean? (laughs) And she looks like your grandma. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Like, she's not an actress, you know? Right. So it's like, it's funny that they lived in this house with their grandma and that was like part of the context in it. It's like, I don't know, it's just weird thinking about, you know, the, like the, how this looks like a real grandma and she's getting all moist. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, ah, Jesus. Like a grilled cheese sandwich being pulled <laughs> apart. Oh my gosh. Or dust. <laughs> Out of control. Did you powder your face? <laughs> Did you oh powder God. your face, Jeremy? I'm just kidding. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jeremy has this moment where he chops the head off of some, some random dude in the forest who's collecting wood with a hammer. A hammer. Like one of those like hammers that's like flat on the end and then it has like it's like almost like a rectangle but with like a right a flat triangle piece at the end, not right. like a regular hammer. Yeah, not a regular. It's like a tack hammer or something. Yeah, I don't know what the, Yeah, maybe is that what it is? I think so. Yeah, wow, you're pretty smart at that, because I didn't fucking know what it was. DIY, bitch. But he's trying to break wood out in the middle of the forest, and then you see Jeremy's, like, all smiling, going over to fucking kill this guy, and he pulls out a sickle, right? Yeah, Like a small sickle. Yeah. Uh, And he, like, 
the edit when he swings at the head <laughs> and the the moment where the fake head shows up is so apparent but that's kind of the charm of, yeah. of shot on video. It was good. It, it was it was so cheesy. It's so it's bad. Like good. the motion does not fit the ocean or whatever. <laughs> it just doesn't. But it's so funny. And then he goes over and licks the neck stump. And of course, no film would be complete without a head fucking. So yep, Decap- they got that too. <laughs> Decapitated head fucking. Yeah, he fucks the neck hole. I mean, anybody else feel like Jeremy was a little weird in this scene? Like, <laughs> like something just seems slightly off about Jeremy? <laughs> oh, in this scene? Yeah, just in this scene. It really kind of, I felt the tension and the passion there, like, of the... <laughs> <laughs> By the way, fun fact... Um, I forgot to mention that this is the the song, you know, by Pearl Jam, they do the Jeremy song. Right. This is what the song is based off of, is that guy. (laughs) Shut up. No, it is. Are you serious? No, I'm not. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm like, he didn't kill himself. I don't understand why. Jeremy spoke here. You don't have to sing it. We know. Fucked a hole of the neck. Feels good. Feels good. (laughs) Anyway, this guy's much worse than that Jeremy. So now there was a scene after this that was really cool when Jeremy had the the mask of the guy, and he was like um, spinning around in the court in the field with the mask on. Right. And then they had shots of like butterflies and shit, like as he's spinning. I oh, that's right. Was, yeah. yeah, where he's wearing a mask. Yeah, <laughs> he's wearing the mask. I thought that was cool. When earlier, one of the brothers also stumbled upon a body. After Jeremy drips a bag of goo on his hand. And then he's like, I don't know. It might have been a bird or something. That's what the Aunt Lacey says. Yeah. It might have been a dead bird or something. You just didn't realize. And he was like, I don't know. Something's wrong with Jeremy. And then, like, they're sitting at the table. And I just love how the brothers just sort of blow off at Jeremy's behavior. Right. Like, wasn't there a scene where, like, he sees him cutting Jeremy cutting his arm and he pukes? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Like he's yeah, like, oh, God, that's on. gross. But it's normal, I guess, to them. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was like cutting his uh, wrist. That's right. Yeah. And, and throughout the whole movie, too, you see like Aunt Lacey, like sitting in her chair, rocking back and forth, doing her crochet or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, isn't that what it is or whatever? Yeah, like crochet. she's like cro- crochet. Crochet. I was going to say that croquet because that's the <laughs> croquet is the the, the the ball and the, the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> she's staring at a picture of her dead husband and child like in the in the room and they keep making this a point because later on they they reveal why and uh, she finally goes to the basement and it's like a picture of her husband and her child. Yeah, and a baby. It's like a man and it's a like baby. It's like a baby, yeah. Yeah. And a black and white old photo and she finally goes to the basement for a cuddle with the decaying corpse of her husband she kept his corpse yes. and then bury him just so she could snuggle on him and love on him yeah and put her her creepy old hand down his pants yeah and swoop up at the dust cock i'm so lonely and then she like holds up the like cocoa powder that it looks like and just like lets it run through her fingers but she's like but you're long gone i need a new man <laughs> <laughs> A fist that we were gonna make a shot, guys, called a fistful of cock for that specific scene. <laughs> we were, yeah. But I was like, we gotta use like too much. cocoa powder or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, how do you make a dusty drink? And why would you want to drink <laughs> why it? Why would you want to drink it? Yeah. Anyway, 
one of the brothers eventually finally gets tired of being there and there he, he wants no part of, of being there anymore so and the other one is worried for aunt lacy which is weird because he keeps getting hit on by her right and the angry brother walks out and finds a skeleton in the woods and like brings it back to his brother and he's like look what i found mm-hmm. but he doesn't do that until the more next morning it's like he came back yeah, I don't know. That was weird. He like went out of the woods for the whole night and then came back in the morning and was like sitting in a chair. And that is when Aunt Lacey gets super horny that night Do when he's gone. To, I'm going to bake you some tea. He's like, that'd be nice. Yeah, I'd like some tea. Do you want some tea? Yeah, and he, and he she makes him a nice cup of Rufalin tea, or as we like to call it, the Polonia Brothers tea. Tea. <laughs> Uh, but she smiles and she's all waiting for him to sleep. And like there's scenes where they show her licking her lips and shit. And Ugh. I got to imagine as an old woman, like how they got her to do this. Shit. They, <laughs> like, they probably just told her they're like, hey, grandma, just lick your lips. Your lips are dry. Just lick them. Yeah. <laughs> and like, how do you tell an older woman like that to say these like kind of nasty things? Like I picture my grandma when I was a kid and I had a VHS camera. We used to do little stories and stuff with the camera, too. And I would have my grandmother act in it because we had nobody else to act in it. Uh-huh. And so we like did stupid shit like me and my friend Scott. We did this. They did this uh, thing called Fat Cop. And uh-huh. I, yeah, yeah, it was the 80s. Give me a fucking break. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but we did it. At, I was fat cop and my buddy would like be another criminal. And my grandmother would use a squeaky toy candy cane as a gun and point it <laughs> at us and be like, hold it right there, fat cop. And, or, you know, or she was the criminal. That's what it was. Oh. She was the criminal and I was taking her out and she would shoot me <laughs> while my friend Scott was playing a fucking keyboard behind us. You could hit record and play something. And it was like, ding, 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 ding. We were doing Mission Impossible. Uh-huh. And he would just carry it on his shoulder. Kind of like, if you've ever seen I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker, uh-huh. I think was around the time when we were doing this. Oh. And they he would like, every every hero needs a theme song. And the guy would just carry a boom box <laughs> and push play right. when he walked down the street. And that's, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a memory fun. that I think of when I was a kid with the camera and my dad's camera. So Right. But yeah, that scene was really weird because when she ruffles him, she fucking there's the next scene. <laughs> that was the most disturbing, but it was it was a good uh way to do this scene. She like the funny thing is is she fuck you see like this red cover like on a bed like a blanket and you see it intercut with shots of one of the brothers getting shaken on the bed like he's getting he's, fucked he's just like and he's just rolling his head like back and forth pretty much right and it's him under the covers like pretty much just pretend like moving his legs to make it look <laughs> like someone's fucking him uh-huh. while he's knocked <laughs> the fuck out and it's like grandma and it's so not her oh no very clearly they wouldn't push it that far for no grandma. no but it was really funny it was like, funny we, we, were it laughing. Was, we were laughing it was pretty funny you got another scene yeah so the twins go out to confront jeremy right one of them does Oh, they both did. Yeah, he get the angry brother. Oh, the, he's still gone. Yeah. See, I'm getting confused. He's asleep. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, he's still passed out. From- something. I don't remember what happens. He disappears somehow. One night, he goes out angry because he has an argument, I think, with the other brother. Right. And then he's like, something's wrong with Jeremy. We got to get the fuck out of here. We got to find out why he's doing this or whatever. And then the Jeremy guy knocks out the angry brother and ties him up. 
Right. And then he's like slapping him repeatedly, pulls out his dick and pisses on his face. Right. Which, by the way, that was lemonade, I found out. Oh, it was lemonade? Yeah, because <laughs> you were like, I wonder what they used. I was like, oh, they must have used apple juice. They are committed, man. They could have used water and nobody would have noticed, but they used lemonade. Yeah, well, you could tell it was yellow. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I, I could. The, the, the quality on the video is not exactly great. You know, it's VHS. Right. Anyway, he after he's done slapping and peeing on him, he turns him around and pulls his, his pants, pants down, down and fists his asshole. Okay, they don't show it going in and out, but you see his hand come back and it's got chocolate like pudding or whatever all over all over his fist. Jeremy licks his hand and then rubs it on the dude's face on the brother's face and makes him eat it. It's so gross. (laughs) And this is the funny thing is, is this whole part was never supposed to be in the movie, but Jeremy the, the guy who played Jeremy Todd and one of the brothers, because it's really confusing to say Mark or John. I don't know yeah, which tw- one of the twins. Yeah, because even in the commentary, I don't know who's talking. <laughs> they sound similar. You know right. what I mean? Um, but he like that wasn't supposed to be in the scene. It was just supposed to be Jeremy sta- tying him up and then stabbing him in the stomach with a fucking pitchfork. Oh. Okay. All that other stuff was added in, and one of the brothers was like, "I we I think we're going too far, guys." Oh, this was the scene, okay. And so, but because they did that scene, people like Joe Bob Briggs was like, "This is probably one of the most depraved uh, scenes <laughs> I've ever seen in film." Uh, that's funny. And that was pre two thousand six that uh-huh. Joe Bob Briggs said that. So uh-huh. that was like years ago. Uh huh. So I just thought it was kind of funny that 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 because of that because they pushed it it kind of right. kind of you know because that's they called that scene the the big scene you know uh-huh. so and this is when we find out Jeremy's also like pissed off because I think I don't know if it was supposed to be because Jeremy's pissed off that she's like he's pissed off at the brothers somehow the nephews because she's the nephews are there and they have the aunt's attention right and he's right. getting jealous of it and that's because. Jeremy is the aunt's son. Right. Which he goes down into the basement and finds his dad, who is the corpse. Right. Where we were talking about the cock dust. Right. And he pushes him over, which the skeleton looked really good. It did look really good. He pushes it over. He's like, I'm running the family now, dad. (laughs) (laughs) And then didn't he drag the corpse up to her bedroom and laid it in the bed? In the bed next to her. So when she woke up. She saw the corpse. Right. And then she got pissed off and went up to Jeremy and was like, how dare you touch your father? And that's when we find out. Yeah. Right. And so she gets mad at him. But then she finds out that she killed one of the nephews. Yeah. He killed one of the nephews. Yeah. And it's like, so she's like, you better go out there and bury him. You know, you better, you better respect your kin. You better respect your family and go out there and bury him. So they because he's not dead yet. It's barely alive. Uh-huh. They drag him out naked and dig a hole. Uh-huh. He buries him in there alive and just puts the dirt over his head. And then the next day, the other brother, the ang- the not the angry brother, the other... The roofied brother. The roofied brother, yeah. <laughs> uh, he goes out and finds the glasses next to the shovel. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, they killed my fucking brother. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, comes back and Jeremy like is polishing a fucking shotgun for like hours uh-huh. <laughs> like all oh, menacing and like shoots him in the face and his head explodes 
Yeah, that was weird. That was really... I mean, it, it was cool. Like, I don't know how I would have made something like that happen. Right. And that's when we find out the real story the about real, Jeremy. The real truth. That not only... what Was Jeremy was the, de- the son of... The son of the aunt... But the aunt's husband, it wasn't her husband, it was her brother. Who raped her and had him. Yeah. And and she lied to him saying that Jeremy killed his father. When she killed. When she killed killed her father. Or her brother. Yeah. Yeah. She killed her brother because he raped her. Right. And they had, she was pregnant with Jeremy. Mm -hmm. And when he was born... She told him that he murdered her, the father, and that's why he was no longer around anymore. Uh-huh. Why would you tell your child that? <laughs> Some people are messed up. Definitely obviously. a big twist, but I'm just thinking, you know. Right. But he's like, I must punish you. And she's like, oh, no, Jeremy. No, Jeremy. What are you doing? Jeremy, no. That's good reenactment. And she's like an old woman, you know, and she's like backing out the door, like because she's supposedly scared of him. But she doesn't look the least bit scared. But it's so it's so great. It was. It was was really great. It was cute. And then he goes and follows her out to the to the to the yard and he grabs a homemade piece of dynamite that is I'm assuming it's dynamite and it's like wrapped in tin foil and it's got a fuse on the end with a spike on the bottom. Uh-huh. And he grabs it, guys. Listen to me on this. He shoves it into her vagina through her pants. <laughs> and she's like, oh, no. And she's like holding her hands in it. They got a sparkler in the other end to make it look like it's a fuse being lit, which is so great. It was great. And then he's like, what does he say? He says, now mind temper, temper, mother. Mind your manners or something like that. And then he covers his face and she pops <laughs> like explodes. <laughs> so you start with a chop, and you end with a bang and you got grandma pieces all over the goddamn lawn. Great ending to a movie. Way better than a fucking giving some bitch a puppy. Right. <laughs> At least, you know, there's like breadcrumbs of good shit in this fucking film that right. you can like laugh at or just like it's entertaining. Right. But the funny, oh, by the way, last bit of trivia, that end scene where they blow up the grandma, mm-hmm. they said that they had a friend who had dynamite <laughs> and he made mm-hmm. it, he made like homemade dynamite and like actually shot it from a distance with a oh. rifle. Oh, wow. And that's how they did that scene. They laid her up against a, like some wood or something. It just exploded a fake version of her. Uh-huh. That's cool. Yeah. Because she's really close to the house in the in that shot. And then the next thing you see her is she's up on a hill. Like really far away and they couldn't get the camera shot like close uh-huh. because they didn't want to get hurt. Right. So they had that guy shoot and explode him. So <laughs> I thought that funny. was funny. Yeah. And then you, that's when then they cut to Jeremy running naked through the grass or whatever. It's like, I'm free, I'm free. Oh, actually, I, that isn't the last bit of trivia. I just thought of something. He He's in the grass naked running around like he's free. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there's a shot where they shoot up at his arms in the sky and it's a shot of platoon platoon yeah because that was a big movie at the time oh i would have thought texas chainsaw massacre or something but platoon wow yeah it was platoon that's funny but yeah that was like really it was really funny i don't know it's just i didn't know i didn't know that but it does look like because he's got his arms up 
Right. <laughs> I don't know why they wanted to cover Platoon in the end, but yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> so yeah, I'm curious to see what you guys think. Have you seen this movie before? Would you want to watch it now? I mean, it is, you know, think of like your friends making a movie and like putting this together. I would love to hear if you guys, what you guys thought of this movie. And Christina obviously enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's like better than most stuff. We laughed. We had fun. Yeah, we, it was fun. It's a good movie. Yeah. Would you guys want us to do more SOV films? We got some. We've done Violent Shit, the entire Violent Shit series, by the way. Uh, so if you guys ever want to listen to that one, too, uh, we talk about that. I think I did it with Brittany. I'm not 100% sure. Uh-huh. Uh, she was like, what the fuck? Was it pretty bad for her? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like, rapey elements in some oh. of that. But it's, like, really gore. Uh, gore, Andreas Schnoss, he does, like, that. Plus, I, I do want to do a, a 90s uh, Zombies Extreme. Extreme Zombies 90? Or 90 Zombie Extreme? I don't know what it's called, but that's another shot on video mm-hmm. some of the funniest fucking goddamn fucking commentary not commentary dubbing oh okay so it's not in english but they paid some guys to do the dubbing for the movie <laughs> and it's like yeah sugar mama what you doing like you know <laughs> just people just like random voices and stuff and they're just it's almost like they're doing an mst3k dub uh-huh oh that's cool of the move the entire movie that sounds funny it is really funny. It's one of the top like dubs. There's that, and I think it's old. I think it's Olaf Ittenbach who did the Premutos that has like one of the best English dubs. That those two movies are like some of the best. Uh huh. So anyway, what do you guys think? I would love to hear you guys in the comments section down below. We also got some other found footage movies that we just got in the mail called the Fear Footage. Uh, so we're thinking about doing that as well. Uh, we might do that this next week. So what do you think? What would you like to do? Would you like to do the me? found footage ones? Sure, why not? Let's do it. So next week we'll do the found footage films called the Fear Footage. Uh, it's like an anthology. Mm-hmm. And then there's a sequel I've never seen. I've seen the first one. So the fear footage and the fear footage too. You might have to rent the second one, but I think the first one's up on Amazon Prime. But I'll mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look for it to see. Um, but it's pretty it's pretty crazy independent fucking uh, found footage stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, some I I don't know. I don't want to say too much about it, but we'll do that for next week because Christina likes that kind of stuff. So that'll make her happy since I drug I drug so. her through this. Just the one. Just the one was hell. Literal Hey, I didn't know that the fucking invasion of the blood farmers is going to be that fucking terrible. Well, now you do know when everybody else does, We don't just watch only good movies here. We watch bad movies, too, you know? If it was only good (laughs) movies, like, I'd be watching a lot more and not feeling bad about it, but I like to experience it with you, Christina. Oh, thanks, babe. We're doing it together. Together forever. (laughs) anyway guys let us know what you think about these movies in the comment section down below if you know somebody that would enjoy this episode or somebody maybe that enjoys shot on video splatter farm or even invasion of the blood farmers maybe you don't want to share this with them but for (laughs) for that one but if you could it really does help us out and get the word out so we can reach more awesome individuals like yourself but thanks for coming by guys and as always Tune in every Monday for a brand new episode.